Oh boy, howdy, it's, it's B-Stars o'clock. It's a good time for having time to discuss B-Stars, the show on Netflix here on Empty the Cues, the podcast in which I, Will Williams, uh, make people watch the things. And this time it's me and David and we watch the B-Stars. Uh, we watch the B-Stars. Uh, I've been doing, you know, I've been relearning Italian. Um, I, I'm on, I'm on a 28-day streak on Duolingo. Tell me I'm doing a good job. Um, yeah. So, here's us talking about B-Stars. Um, God, I really fucking hope nobody, <laughs> nobody starts this podcast uh, in the middle of the podcast. I hope people, oh God, here you go. Okay. I'm recording. Cool. We should this get right goes. into it. So we literally just will. watched episode yeah. three. Yeah. 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 Uh, <laughs> wow. Damn. <laughs> oh boy. Uh, uh, okay. Let's, can, can you give us a summary of, of what, of what happened? <laughs> yeah, I can. I, I came prepared this time. Okay, so uh, episode three, A Wolf is Born. Haru misreads the interaction with Lugoshi. Uh, Lugoshi covers her up, runs away hilariously, adorably, awkwardly, catching his tail in the door as he mm-hmm. escapes. Um, Lugoshi then struggles with his budding attraction to Haru. Meanwhile, Rui is struggling with both his injury and his constrained self-conception and possibly envies Lagoshi's predatory heritage. Uh, And they have a very fraught encounter in which Rui tries to force Lagoshi to bite him. (laughs) Meanwhile, the school paper wants to exploit Rui's cuteness for profit at all costs. Um... Rui pushes through his injury to deliver an incredible performance for um, an audience of freshmen on the first night of the show. He made it, but by the end of it, he can't feel his legs and he he passes out. Mm-hmm. Where to start? <laughs> uh, we can start with I the way that the show, the way that this episode opens uh, is a very sneaky little trick that it pulled on me um, <clears throat> because I assumed that aardvark guy plucking a white hair off of the waistcoat of another student was the aardvark plucking one of Haru's hairs off of Lagoshi. Oh, shit. I thought it was like a a discretion cut that they had a sexual encounter and that we didn't <gasps> witness it. Oh, wow. It was like a, like a head fake opener when in yeah. fact that's not what happens, but it's actually a flashback showing why um, the aardvark ran uh, in the previous episode, because he just didn't want to be near Haru, because he thought he would get, I don't know, slut cooties or something. Yeah, let's let's talk about the scene. Oh my god! Sure. So first off, he he directly calls her a slut. Ooh, like, multiple times. Is, yeah, like that's the word that is used, which took me very off guard um, when I first watched it. I I have not heard that word used unironically. Um, since like early high school and Mm. i honestly kind of forgot that it ever even is used unironically sure so when it happened i was like oh yeah oh my god that's a people that's the thing that people really think uh which is buck wild to me isn't it buck wild like isn't it it nice to have surrounded yourself with people who have like good sexual politics yes uh it's so nice um so nice so nice 
yeah. <laughs> like, it's, it's very weird to be from a world day to day where I'm, like, surrounded very often by both sex workers and sex work advocates, like, and, and activists. Um, and then to, and then to, to see this side of it, it's very strange. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but there's also this really fascinating conversation between this aardvark, um, the Harlequin rabbit boyfriend who we uh-huh. finally hear. Sure. Um, and this third, who is this third guy? He's like, what, uh, was he like an antelope of some kind? Let's get let's get a look at him. Yeah, except he they are all talking about Haru. It becomes clear that this Harlequin rabbit, this is like just after he hooked up with her. Um this antelope fella is like, "Yeah, me too." Uh she does this. And then they start talking about how she is dangerous. She's dangerous. She's not just dangerous. She is preying on them. They are her <laughs> prey. And they <laughs> say that she is worse than a carnivore. And Buck wild. Yeah, I wrote down, I, I called out, like, that they fell prey to her as though they have no, no agency. agency. Right. Which is wild. And I think, like, this is the first episode where I felt, like, a very, very, very core and explicit theme is respectability um, mm-hmm. and respectability politics. Like, Yeah, for sure. Like, this was the first touchstone for me, where there's this concept of what Haru should be. And then as we get back out of that flashback, we have two more shoulds. We have Haru thinking that Lagoshi should have just fucked her. Like, after he puts this blanket on her and runs away, her assessment is like, what a fucking weirdo that right. he wouldn't do this. <laughs> It's like and, the arc words of this episode. What a weirdo. Yeah. <laughs> and then we have what a weirdo again after Lagoshi defends Haru to this mm-hmm. aardvark. And he says, like, I think she's nice. Um, so we have this aardvark thinking that Lagoshi should be scared of her. Um, and the... So aardvark's a narc. I'm thinking of this... him exclusively as like aardnark. That's his name now. <laughs> Yeah, yes. Uh, he fucking dweeb. sucks. He yeah. sucks so bad. He sucks so bad. Um, but this is like the, the first insistence of like several shoulds and what it means to play your role correctly. Um, but I want to hear your thoughts on on these first scenes as well, too, because I know you took lots of notes. Did you notice that uh, this is around, let's see, I don't know, four minutes in or so as... Uh, as Lagoshi tries to extricate himself from the situation uh, with Haru, that he is very much turned away from her and therefore from the camera. Uh, and kind of, I mean, he's always hunched over. I don't know. The, it seemed like he was doing the hide in erection pose. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> uh, just like very much like, okay, you're covered up. I gotta oh, go. Okay, bye. bye. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, uh, I was I was flabbergasted. So I made a prediction in the previous episode that mm-hmm. I thought Haru was going to remember when she touched him. Uh-huh. Like, because she even engages in this, like, why would a carnivore like him want to run away? And she didn't right. remember. Yeah. 
Yeah, uh, so, uh, and so, she touched on him much. There was to much the, touchery. Much touch. Um, to the point where as he's like decompressing from it, he's reflecting. And I thought this was actually a little sweet that he'd never been touched like that before. And so he was right. like running his hands over his own like stomach in imitation of the way that she yeah. had just been touching him. And I thought that was really sweet and tender. It was really sweet and tender. Honestly, all of Lagoshi, this episode was so sweet and tender. Like maybe a few exceptions, but sure. the way that he puts the blanket on her and says that she'll catch a cold or get bug bites mm. is so sweet. He's trying so hard to be polite. Um, he's just, he's my sweet boy. He he was just my sweet little baby boy in this episode. Yeah. Uh, <sighs> how, how uncomfortable did that scene make you? Oh, uh, so uncomfortable. Right? Like, Very uncomfortable. There's something about her bunny head just pasted onto, like, a very human body. Mm-hmm. Awful. It's, uh-huh. It's very bad. I don't like it. It is distressing. I don't want to yuck the yums of any furries listening to this. Absolutely. It's just not for me. That's not, not my... Yeah. And there is, like, there's also the side of it that's, like... The discomfort of such such an extreme miscommunication. Right, right. I think that is also a significant portion of it as well. Right. Like, everything about it is so stressful. And, like, that is, that is intense intimacy, which we know, we know Lagoshi isn't used to. Right. The, the running her hands up the stomach, I think, was especially, like, that's what gets me. That's what makes me the most stressed out is that specific action because it's so direct, right. you know. And he's but just, he doesn't. He, just he, doesn't, know what he to doesn't do. get it. He doesn't get. He's like, is this it. some sort of rabbit greeting? <laughs> let's let's talk about the drama club because we finally get an introduction to what the drama club's deal is, and it's so fucking weird. It's, it's buck so wild. fucking weird. Oh, Buckwild, because he's a he's a deer. Oh, <laughs> I want your take on this fucking drama club. Uh, could you explain how the students are chosen, and then explain your take here? Sure. So Kai is up in the what do you call that? The machine, right? Like up in oh, the sure. uh, in the catwalk in the lighting catwalk. With... What do you think I am? Some kind of fucking nerd in a yeah. theater class? Yeah. Um, <laughs> With with Lagoshi, like as they're as they're going through cues and figuring out lighting, uh, and he's like playing with the spotlight. Uh, and Kai, who it turns out I was wrong, he's not a Pine Martin. I've just been reading too much Philip Pullman. He is actually a mongoose. He says it explicitly in this episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was talking about like, you know, everyone's here for a reason, man. Uh, Everyone's in this club specifically. They were all recruited and headhunted specifically because they all have weird shit that they're working through. Yeah. And then he goes through and he says, you know, Sheila the cheetah, she was a dominatrix who worked in a club at the age of 14. And then they showed a shot of her in, like, bondage gear. And I was like, I don't need to see a teenager in bondage gear. Even if she is a cheetah, what are you doing? Show? That's Uh weird. Uh, Uh And then Mina the giraffe has trypophobia. Can't look at her own body. Very inconvenient. Also very funny. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, I guess Kai's deal is that he's a mongoose raised by hyenas. 
Yes. All right. Uh, what's your secret, Lagoshi? So I, it, it, it's weird that Lagoshi doesn't have like a big obvious secret that somebody knows, or maybe he does. He seems to deflect it. He deflects by wondering what Rui's deal is. Mm-hmm. So maybe there is like a big obvious secret that whoever recruited him for the club knows. It seems weird to me that someone would be like, ah, yes, Lagoshi, your darkest secret is that you struggle with like your desire to right. embrace your atavistic <laughs> nature. Like, I wonder if there's some more prosaic secret, like your dad's a senator. I don't know. And you're like his illegitimate son. Like, I, I, I honestly have no idea. Well, we we don't have any information on Lagoshi's family. Mm-hmm. Like, none. Um, when I first watched this, I definitely, my read was definitely like, oh, he's like, you know, this is about his, like, untapped primal chompiness. Um, if Lagoshi has some other, like, big dark secret, um, what do you think it would be? I would love to hear oh, wild God. conjecture here. All right, wild conjecture. Yeah. Um okay, so so let's get Freudian and assume uh-huh. that maybe some of the reasons that Lagoshi feels so anxious about his predatory nature is that one or more of his parents has committed acts of predator violence in the past. Ooh, okay, okay. Uh, and so that's why in the confrontation with Rui, he's like, it's against the law for a predator to show an herbivore their teeth. Although maybe that's just something that all predators know. Um, mm. It's weird. It's like it's like everyone's carrying concealed weapons. Like all yeah. predators just have like, they're just strapped all the time and there's nothing yeah. they can do about it um okay that's wild conjecture number one uh-huh. wild conjecture number two uh Lagoshi is actually part herbivore interesting mm-hmm. uh-huh yeah uh-huh. his mom is a rabbit and no his mom <laughs> is a deer or uh yeah because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. he yeah i'm i'm real smart um I don't know. I'm just I'm just spitballing here, son. Um, <laughs> I I do think I I wonder if there's some kind of like violent trauma in his in his past. Wait, this begs the question. Yeah. Do you think it's possible for one of his parents to be of a different species? I don't know. I don't know how okay. this shit works in the okay. world because, and I want to ask you about that when we get to biology day. Yeah. Because <laughs> um, I just don't know the degree to which, you know, spe- like inter or an intra-species reproduction functions in this universe. To the point where in episode one, we have the two harlequin rabbits, or, you know, the, the female harlequin rabbit talking about how important it is that she be paired off with the other harlequin rabbit because they're an endangered species. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I don't know to what extent like interspecies relationships occur, not because it's not because of biological or reproductive incompatibility, but simply because of like propriety and respectability politics. Mm-hmm. I I can't say any of this, but sure. I also can't add sound effects. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. I don't actually I don't actually know what that means when you can't add sound effects. I to to say to, oh, to add explain any... to explain it would would give it away. Okay. <laughs> I, it's something that I I can say 
we do eventually cover these discussions, we do not do this in season one. Okay. And I, I don't know if, I think it'll, I think it might come up in season two, but given how short these seasons are, it might be season oh, have three you not, even. Have you not seen season two yet? What? Have you not? Is it out? I don't know. Oh, God. I don't think it's out. Oh, okay. <laughs> I don't know. Oh I didn't my know. God. It didn't occur to me to check to see if there were multiple <laughs> okay. seasons yet. My heart just did so much. I was like, are you fucking kidding me? It's out. I need to watch it immediately. Uh, <sighs> okay. <laughs> do you understand the, like, the information sequester I have put myself in in it, order to do this show with you? Phenomenal. Like, I... I I only know from you that there are multiple seasons. I didn't bother to mouse over in the episode selector on Netflix <laughs> to determine I am the best little boy. I have eaten zero marshmallows. <laughs> I I am I am a credit to my people. Oh boy. <laughs> like Rui. I am what is uh what did he Putting that all in the context of this specific track of Empty the Cues is <laughs> something, David. <laughs> uh, I meant specifically the deer people. Oh, got it. Got it. Got it. Yeah. I didn't mean to the... I'm not saying, oh, yes, David has like resisted finding out more about the show. This is good for the Jews. No, I mean, like specifically, I was trying to <laughs> good. call back to... No, 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 no. We're good. <laughs> oh, okay. So, uh, so yes. back to the drama club bit where, like, Lagoshi is watching Rui. Um, I wrote in my notes, I was like, oh, he sees him as infallible. Is Lagoshi attracted to Rui? Bruh, I don't even know. Sure. Uh, and also, the reverse? Right. Like, I don't think either of them know. I think there's some, like, simmering sexual tension there that... The yeah. Neither of their mindsets will permit them to explore. I absolutely agree. Um, and I I don't... Like, the text is, I would argue, trying to suggest this. Mm -hmm. um, I don't think that this is, like, us reading... Us, like, seeing something through queer theory and being like, oh, yeah. Or even us just being like... Oh, the vibes. Ooh, okay. Like I think I I think that the text is directly trying to grapple with that concept. Um sure. or at least like you know, hint at it or make well, a I suggestion. Think, I think textually we can at least say explicitly they both envy the other. Yes. Right? Yes. Like to a certain extent Rui wishes that he had Specifically, that he had Lagoshi's body, that he lived in Lagoshi's body and could, mm -hmm. like, operate within the assumptions of that body, that that body bears. Mm-hmm. Um, let's talk about that scene between the two sure. of them. I think that that just feels like a natural, like, I feel like we gotta. Um, this scene is bonkers. Yeah, it's so good. It's so good. <laughs> it's so good. Um, so... I want to talk about the way that the scene starts. Um, the scene starts with Rui very literally praying to his mask for his role, mm -hmm. which is then interrupted by Lagoshi. Can we talk about what skull that mask is supposed to be? Because it has, I think it's a musk deer. Like it oh. has, it has herbivore dentition. 
Yes. But it also has fangs. Yes. It's very confusing. Yeah, right? I so forgot got, about those guys. So it's got those big, it's got that big gap in between the incisors in front, right? And then you've got the canine teeth are elongated because they're fangs like musk deer. But then there's this big gap in the maxilla, actually uh, like across both parts of the jaw that goes, that extends all the way until you hit the molars. So there are like no premolars in <laughs> in this skull's dental formula. Uh, sorry. Yeah, no, you're Everything. exactly you're exactly right. I just looked up a picture of a musk a musk deer skull. Yeah, and that's, that's what it is. I just popped it into our uh, channel in the server. Interestingly, they're not cervids; they're muscidae. I don't actually see. Oh, in the server. Yeah. Yeah, there it is. Yeah. Yeah, that's absolutely what that is. I think that's I think that's Adler. I think I don't know what Adler is supposed to be canonically. Like, I think Adler is maybe not supposed to, is not supposed to be a, an herbivore character. Did I, I interpret that right? Or is that? I don't know. If the way that I see it is that, like, there isn't necessarily a canon species for Adler. But, yeah, so this, this scene between the two of them. Yeah. Uh, so I wrote two seductions in one episode. Poor Lagoshi. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So it's in split screen for a lot of it because he's yes. So Rui Rui is like ruminating to himself as he prays to the skull, the musk deer skull of Adler, um, that he's been deceiving himself until now. My body's not made for fighting, but it's like very important that I, you know, fight through and and play this role. Uh, and he envies Lagoshi for his body because Lagoshi. Um, he gestures a lot as he speaks, and it's all Rui can see as he's, like, explaining some some lighting decision he's trying to work through. He's like being very deferential. Screen, yeah, the split screen is so fascinating because we get first full body Lagoshi or, like, mm -hmm. bust Lagoshi, right? And then we just have Rui's eyes. And then, like, halfway through this, it switches where it's still Rui's eyes. But then it's just Lagoshi's hands. And so we're watching and the camera is focused on the hands. So like as the hands move, the camera moves so that they're always in the center of the frame. Um, and just being put directly into Rui's gaze is mm -hmm. so fascinating there. I'm watching it again because I'm just watching like the eye tracking, which I think yeah. is really cool animation. Yeah. Um, yeah, so Lagoshi can't stop his claws from growing back sharp, which Rui, I think, takes as an insult, actually, <laughs> like as a commentary on the immutability of both of their natures. <laughs> and so to counteract those feelings in himself, he takes it as an opportunity to cut Lagoshi down for performing predatoriness badly, like in an effort to assuage his own frustrations, both about his injury and what he perceives to be his own limitations imposed upon him by his body. Yeah. Um, and I think that's where the uh, tying into the fact that he was literally praying to the concept of performing a role correctly, and Lagoshi literally interrupts that. Like, this is Rui directly seeing that Lagoshi is interrupting the role that he is supposed to be playing in Rui's eyes. Right. Um, and Lakoshi just continually, continually does not do what's expected. Like, like there's, he makes the assumption, right? That like the reason Rui is washing his hands in the first place is because he's scared of the claws. Mm -hmm. 
And that's something that he just puts on Rui. Like, they're both making so many assumptions about each other. Sure. Will, did you notice the big old cross-shaped coat rack in the middle of the composition? Like, Rui slams, like, oh, okay, head on back. Because it's sort of in the, it's sort of in the background around, like, 13 minutes as, uh, as Lagoshi is gesturing. You see it just sort of in the rear of the, the rear of the composition. And then, and then Lagoshi, like, or, and then Rui gets out of his chair, crosses the office, and then slams Lagoshi up against the door. Yeah. Um leaving this big empty space in the middle of the composition this is around a 1330 as he's like show me your fangs yeah um, you see that now oh like, yeah that's wild so how i parsed this um sorry let me go back a little bit yeah oh my like god 13, yeah it's right yeah, there it's right there it's like oh. center weighted um i the way i parsed this as like rui pushes him up against the wall with his right hand is Rui is like a charismatic Christian preacher trying to like pull the devil out of Lagoshi. Yeah. Yes. That's like and that's, the kind of. That ties into what I said last time where this is evangelical for him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. I think it's a deliberate like nod towards that read that you're putting on it. Yeah. Yeah. Because, because uh, I think it's fair to say um, that oh, how to put this. Um, I'm trying. I'm trying not to put this in terms that will like be immediately. I'm trying to keep this in terms of the text and not try to extrapolate to our world. Right. Um, but I'll just say it in terms of our world, and then we can backwards yeah, extrapolate yeah, yeah. it. Uh, masculinity and white supremacy are cults, right? Yes. They are absolutely. They, they they encourage like a kind of cultic behavior. They are they have rituals. They have like faith practices. They have figureheads. Right. Um. And and I think that like <laughs> by by connecting um what Rui sees as Lagoshi's fail failure to properly perform masculinity, it within the cult of masculinity within within the way that within the way that Rui practices masculinity, he's like, this is this is a sin. Like, this is something that I need to drive out of you mm-hmm. for your salvation and mine because it's, like, ruining everything. Mm-hmm. Like, this disrupts order. He is he is being a reactionary. Like, he has a this inherently conservative understanding of what it means to be masculine or what it means to be a predator versus a prey animal. Mm-hmm. And he's like, in order to restore order to the world... You will be happier and I will be happier if we just perform our preordained roles and do not vary from them. Yeah. And I think that this ties into reading this reading this through a pretty queer lens, too. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like it's it's almost impossible to not read this in in several different ways, but one of those ways being through a queer lens. Mm-hmm. Like this idea of you know of hate the sin love the sinner or whatever where like you just need to not do the gay action and get rid of the gay thoughts and then Mm -hmm. you won't be gay and it's fine (laughs) which is nothing you know but like this Mm -hmm. this need when you find someone and you (laughs) there is an attraction there and it freaks you out like 
if you come from the sort of classical mindset of Rui, like, your first thought is going to be like, "Uh -uh, uh-uh, uh-uh, we need to be the correct way, which is not this. So we both need to deny anything here, and we both need to act like the people we are supposed to be. Um, And the way we're going to do it to deny that we have mutual attraction is for me to talk up very close to your face like Val Kilmer and, oh shit, uh, what's his name? Like Val Kilmer and Tom Cruise and Top Gun, just like super close talking like this. That'll make it go away. That'll make the problem stop. Let me push you up against this wall and get really close to you. (laughs) Let me put my hands inside your mouth. (laughs) That'll make it stop. That'll make it better. Just let me get in there. Let me get in mm-hmm. there. <laughs> mm-hmm. The show yeah. makes me so uncomfortable, Will. Thank you for introducing me to it. Oh, yeah. Love it. Love <laughs> it. You know that uncomfortable is my favorite genre of media. I know. I know. No, this is good. I, 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 this, it's, a, it's productive discomfort. Yeah. Yeah, Let 2020 definitely. be the beginning of the decade of productive discomfort. We could oh, all yeah. use <laughs> more yeah, I, I productive think discomfort. That's That's a... That's a good silver lining. Mm-hmm. So after we have... Wait, let's... Hold on. Any yep. more notes on this scene? Because I know that, like, this scene is where I spent a lot of my brain space. Yeah, okay. So let's talk about the button. Uh, because, so, Rui forces Legoshi to bite him. Yeah. And, and just as his teeth make contact, like, really dig into his his hand, or into, into Rui's hand, Legoshi pulls away... Um, and then talks about what it means for Rui to be strong. And he says something like, you know, Rui's strength bears political meaning, like a Mm -hmm. righteous kind of strength. And that is what Rui had been telling himself. And so the button of the scene is, I didn't want to hear that from you. He mutters to himself after, like out of, out of Legoshi's earshot. Um, because he did want to hear it. But he right. wanted to hear it from himself because he's right. like a solipsist of the first water. <laughs> and then that leads to, with Biology Day, with Lagoshi's kind of uh, revelations about himself. But mm-hmm. I want to stick in this scene a little bit more. But I thought it was so interesting. There are two very polar opposite trajectories after this scene. Yeah, because, because Lagoshi... I think envies Rui and is maybe attracted oh, yeah. to Rui. Um, but envies him because it is politically permissible for him to inhabit strength. Right. Right. Whereas it is politically not permissible. It is not respectable for Lagoshi to inhabit strength because it is what is expected of him and it is what people fear about him. Yeah, he literally says... Um, there's nothing good about wolves being strong, which is so devastating. So rough. And it's, especially because, again, there's like, it's inherent to who he is. There is nothing he can do about it. And like the idea that a part of your identity, regardless of choice or anything else, like, Something inherent in your identity, part of your biology, is bad. It is just categorically evil. Um, Which is one of the ways that I think, you know, like, obviously this can be read as a narrative about racism. It can be read in, you know, as a queer narrative, as I've said. 
But I think that this is also something that's just so, uh, such a pervasive and common theme, regardless of any any of that one-to-one allegory that I think um, we are used to that is very, uh, very vacant from this story, which I just mm-hmm. love so much. Oh, another thought that I had, because we didn't really talk about the press bit, which I love. I love that oh, little yeah, mini yeah. scene. Um, so in between, so before before the scene that we just described takes place, there's this bit where the tiny, furious mouse editor of the school newspaper <laughs> is furious that his photographer did not get a good close-up shot of Rui accepting an award on behalf of the drama club um, for bringing great prosperity and attention to <laughs> Cherryton School. Um and and he he's like, it's all about money in the end. We need to exploit Rui to the fullest. So they right. need to get like a good shot of him to sell papers. Uh, and so when we flash forward to Legoshi doing his thing for biology day, which I assume we'll unpack in like 30 seconds, he, <laughs> he keeps thinking about, before he starts thinking about Haru, he starts thinking about how he could smell the pain medication patches on Rui. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was thinking, like, if I know he's a wolf and he has very good nose, but like, if he could smell that, the press can too, especially if they're looking to get a close up shot without a zoom lens. Like, what huh. I was imagining is because that, that camera's broken, it needs or it needs a new battery, but it didn't have a zoom. It was just sort of like a like a point and shoot looking camera. Right. To me. Right. Um, I don't know. I don't super remember how it looked, but I seem to remember it looked kind of like a like a Polaroid, honestly. Yeah, it's a shitty camera. It's a shitty camera. Sure. And so, like, in order for the photographer to get that shot, she's going to need to, like, get up on the proscenium of the, of the stage. Yeah. And, like, do a smell of him. Like, yes. do a smell of Rui. And I think she would probably also be able to detect, like, oh, you've got some... Like mentholated rub on your leg. Aren't you telling us? You know, because everyone on the staff of the student newspaper is not literally, is figuratively a vulture, and they're all yeah. like totally cool with the deeply unethical like dictum yeah. of the uh, of the editor. They're like, okay, let's uh, let's find a way to uh, catch Rui in a fuck up because that'll sell some papers. Yeah, yeah. Um, but they do not attend the first night. They attend mm-hmm. the second night of the play. Um, I do want to say real quick, this is a nothing statement, but uh, the way that that photographer is drawn, I fucking hate it. It scares the shit out of me. I don't like it. I don't know what kind of animal she is. I think that she's maybe a kangaroo. I think she's um, also I don't, a kangaroo. I don't like it. I think it is uh, fucked up. I don't like it. <laughs> she scares me very much. Is it? Is it because she has no visible teeth and she's wearing glasses with no temple arms because her ears would not be able to support glasses with temple arms? No, nah, man, it's the whole thing. So she just has to shape. have a little pants nay. It's all. Pince-nez. It is all fucked up. Yeah. I don't like it. She like. It's she's like a, a rabbit cat horse, and it's scary. Do you not know about the rabbitka horse? <laughs> it's very common in Japan. Oh god. It's like they're they're endemic to Okinawa. It's a whole. It's a whole thing. <laughs> Rubitkathos. Yeah. Um, Back to Legoshi. I wrote, and this is dumb, and I don't want this to happen, but I would 
love to see this happen. I just want to see Lagoshi do the Tex Avery wolf thing. Do you know what I'm talking about? Where his eyes bug out and his tongue unrolls like a red carpet and like his heart like boom out of his chest and goes like that. That's just once. Yeah. Just one time. I just think that would be funny. Honestly, it would not be out of the realm of possibility with this show. Okay. <laughs> oh, yeah. This was so sad. Okay. Okay. So let's let's go back to biology day. Will, what is yes. biology day? Okay. So this does get uh, a little bit more explained in the manga. It's like kind of kind of just introduced here without giving much explanation. Biology Day is a day that happens, I think, like once a month mm-hmm. um, where students are expected to go to these rooms that are made specifically for their species um, or not species, whatever is above that. Um, like all the wolves assemble in one place, regardless of if they're all gray wolves. or Oh, of their genus. Yes. Thank you. Um, and they're go, they're supposed to just go be together and be in this room that somehow resembles like a natural habitat or something that's supposed to just make them more comfortable. And the idea is that like, you need time to be purely your species with other, your genus, with other people of that genus. Um, and like allow yourself to bask in some sort of like natural um almost ancient thing that is suggested that your genus needs um so for lagoshi and the other wolves that means being under a full moon for the others it's like we get some cute little snapshots that are kind of like hit or miss on yeah. how these people you know, appreciate this thing. But I will say that any any society that is built uh, in a way that means that in order so you don't just go fucking ape shit, you have to just spend an hour in a very prescribed way to be yourself without filter. Um, that's bad. I want to gently push back on the idea. I think the execution is garbage, but I think that there's like value to having affinity groups. Oh, absolutely. What I mean is I don't like that the society has made it so that this is the only way it's permissible. Sure. Because they're not allowed to to really do this. Um, And also it's seen as like this expectation. I'm surprised that there's no like... 70 degree moon room in the dog dorm right right um and also there's this idea of like you can go do this for an hour and you have to and then you can come back and be normal like Hmm. this idea that they have to be appeased like biologically appeased that's so interesting i i kind of read it as like here is this I forgot that it was mandatory and the way I had heard it or the way that I interpreted it, at least initially, was like, oh, hey, if you haven't done already, like, we know finals are coming up. So we hired a massage therapist. They're in the library. Maybe that is the case. But then also, like, my analysis of that is also like, hey, if finals week makes your students so fucking stressed that you have to go, you know, get a humane society to bring puppies that you know, you can rent a puppy. Like yeah. probably your finals week is fucked up. That's probably Our a sign a that it's not petting good. Zoo. They brought a llama. What? It was great. 
Dude, one time I was in the um, I was in the communications building. I was working the radio station, and uh, classic. Someone wheel. had a baby bear. What? What? I know. Oh. And like, I only saw this baby bear from afar, but it was just God. like a person. Like, I don't know if it was like a thing, or if it was just a person walking around with a baby bear. I should have gone to school in northern Arizona. <laughs> It was so fucking cute. It was so fucking cute. Did you? Well, did you get to touch it, the bear? Did you touch the baby bear? I was so dumbfounded by the fact that there was a baby bear that I think I just like observed it and shorted out and was like, I can't process this. I just need to go back to work. Will? I know. Will, I say this with all the love in my heart. I know. Go ahead. That was an error. I know. And it's okay. It's important it for time. us to live in that. It's important for us to live in that error and live in that space. Um, I, I did I'm, have I'm beyond at it. other I events, just, but... Okay, good. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Biology Day hits me wrong. Yeah. Like, and I don't even... I feel like a lot of that is not supported by the text. Like, I feel like the text is like, this is kind of chilly. This is just a nice thing. But... I, f I think I am just incapable of not looking at it and being like, this is fucked. <laughs> I mean, it is. It is sinister. It is. It totally is. Um, I did really like the parallel with like a uh, rabbit on the moon, um, which is like the Japanese version of man right. on the moon. And also where Sailor Moon's name comes from. Um, oh, because she's Usagi, right? Yeah. Usagi yeah. means rabbit in Japanese? Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's so cute. That's very funny. I love it. Um, but I like that they pulled that in with with Haru. And then we have Lagoshi's like weird. This was a weird speech. Uh huh. Was it weird for you? Because I just watched and I was like, "What the fuck are you talking about?" What is this unfamiliar <laughs> feeling? Oh, happiness. Every that part I was like actually okay with. It was like yeah, a little melodramatic little, like, for me. His little wolfy tail wag. Yeah. But everything leading up to that, I was like, how is this the conclusion that you came to after that interaction? Because it's directly after his weird interaction with Rui. Mm -hmm. And then he goes to biology day and he's like, maybe actually wolf good. Um, And I, I can't, I could not follow how he got from point A to point B there. Mm-mm. Okay, I'm glad it wasn't just me. Let me let me let me go back and watch. Yeah, watch with the sound turned off. I think he feels obscene and appreciated because mm. he's like he starts kind of remembering and fantasizing about Haru, and I don't think he's ever been appreciated on his merits or seen as someone who is not a threat. Like, okay. You know, Haru, like, touched me in a way that... He's misinterpreting her trauma response, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. And reading it as like, oh, like, maybe I'm not so terrible because, like, right. a, a woman showed kindness to me. Right. You know, or like... <laughs> yeah, never mind. Yeah. I, com I understand it completely now. He's a dude. Yeah. He, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's It's... He the reason the reason you're confused is because he makes a dumb he makes a logic error right, right? like for he he is 
too it is too early along in the show for him to like for this to be a stable like conclusion for him to oh reach. yeah no nah, um, yeah no nah. <laughs> what what he is doing is like imposing extrinsic realities on his own like brain infrastructure he's like okay so i have to be i have to be good it's good to be a wolf because a mm -hmm. rabbit was nice to me like a rabbit mm -hmm. did a sexy touch of me and I think as soon as he and Haru have another encounter that goes badly, I think all of that confidence is going to just evaporate. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> Let's talk but, about... But oh, I, think, I think it's a conclusion that's built on a shaky foundation, which is why I think yeah. you were frustrated and confused by it. It's because Absolutely. it's yep. dumb and frustrating and confusing. And he's thinking about this like a 19-year-old. How old is yep. he supposed to be? 17? Seventeen. He's like a junior in high school. Yeah. Yeah, he's an idiot. Yeah, he's an idiot. Got it. Yeah. Uh, let's let's talk about the let's talk about the play. Do let's. So, Ruby also has a speech, and let me tell you, mm. he was talking, and my brain was like, "We don't need to focus on what he's saying right now. It's some horse shit." Like, yeah. I like could not. I would like tune back in every couple of seconds and be like, "Okay, oh no, he's still on it. Okay, okay, cool." So. I don't even really know what he was going for here. I the know that upshot with... is, yeah, he yeah. was trying to give an inspiring, like, rouse the troops speech. You're all uh -huh. doing great. Like, this is all wonderful. We're going to do fabulously. And he's like, fuck all of y'all. I'm the only person that matters. Yeah, the show is all much. about me. <laughs> Which seems right. He Doesn't he literally say, devote to me? Yes. Like, yeah. Uh... Like, this is obvious. This is an obvious thing to say, but I do think it needs to be said. Rui, go to fucking therapy. What yeah. the fuck? Like, <laughs> come on in. The water's fine. The water is fine, my guy. I would argue that the water is very healing. Come on into the healing waters. Oh, yeah, yeah. This fucking guy. Uh, and then we get we you. get through the play. The press is not here, and mm -hmm. he waits until the curtain has fully dropped to keel over and conk the fuck out. Yep. He is gone. Oh. Hoop boy. So. He where he do you think it. shit's gonna go? Um. Well. Adler is a masked character. Yes. The only thing that makes it obvious that it is Rui is the antlers that poke through the hat. I would say that there's also his, like, voice and delivery. And his voice and his delivery and his physique. Right. But he's still a masked character. Yes. And I think that after this episode, Rui is going to need some acute medical attention. Uh, yes. <laughs> and they're going to have to find an utter, understudy. I don't think it's going to be Legoshi. I realize that now. Like, they're just shaped too differently. And mm -hmm. there's no way that Legoshi knows the lines. But oh, there yeah, are no. other, like, servids on the in the drama club. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I think one of them is going to understudy for Rui, do a garbage job, and then generate a very embarrassing headline for Rui while he's in the hospital. Mm. Hmm. All I can say is that the next episode is a fucking 
doozy. I would say that the next episode... This wasn't a doozy? Oh, <laughs> no. I would oh, say that the next, ep- the next episode is the first actual doozy uh, that gives you a real feel for what the stakes are going to be like. Okay. This is going to be like Caroline finding out about the Air Nation genocide in, <laughs> in her episode three. It's time for the end of episode time. You can find us on socials at EmptyQsPod. You can find us at EmptyTheQs.wordpress.com. And you should have a nice day. If you want. And if it's a possibility. And uh, okay, I trust you to live your life the way that you are going to live it. And okay, bye.